You're listening to the Broadway Podcast Network. Visit bpn.fm to discover more. Broken records, the albums you wouldn't shut up about. Broken records, the music our guests can't live without. Like Judy, Barbara, Liza, Bet, Betty, Audra, Bernadette. We broadcast this podcast with hopes that someday we might get Patty Good day. I was going to say good afternoon, but whatever time it is, <laughs> wherever you are, welcome to Ben Rimmelauer's Broken Records on Broadway World, Broadway Podcast Network, and Broadway On Demand. I am Ben Rimmelauer, and I'm here virtually with my lovely co-host, Daniel Nolan. Hey, y'all. Today, we have um, a very special guest. Yes, we do. Today with us. Well, first of all, I have to say that our corn stream this week, by popular demand, after the runaway success of our corn <laughs> stream last week, covering Liza Minnelli's historic 1980 concert in New Orleans, will be her possibly even more historic 1992 Radio City Music Hall concert. Yes. Uh, available on home video on your iTunes or Amazon Prime or what have you or mm-hmm. on my DVD from 2007. And uh, we could not be more excited than to be speaking today with one of the artists responsible for this show, the amazing Grammy-winning composer, world-renowned musical director, and once-in-a-generation genius jazz singer and pianist, Philly Stritch. Oh my Yay. God, I, I, don't, I don't know if I can live up to all of that, but thank you. Hi, guys. <laughs> Hi. How are you? Hi, Billy. Hi, Glad to be here. So excited to have you. We're so psyched. Thank you. Me too. I mean, Billy, I think I've told you this before um, in the various years that we've known each other, but long before I ever met you, before I lived in New York, I was a fan of yours from these projects you did with Liza, including Radio City and the one we were... Daniel and I fangirled about you a few weeks ago on the mm-hmm. pod was Sondheim at Carnegie Hall. Yeah. That's wow. right. Thank you very much. I'm old, as you might have surmised. Well, <laughs> you, were, you, were, you were the twink. You were the twink. You I know, was. So. I was the new kid on the block right then. 1991. <laughs> I, was, I was brand new, fresh. Yeah. Well, I mean, before we even get into this actual amazing concert, Liza at Radio City, um, which is so, I think... Seminal. I mean, this is before Daniel's time, but Billy, I'm sure you would probably echo what I will say that like in the 90s, in the era of like when CDs were still new and things were still being like, you know, mm-hmm. released on CD that had been out on LP for years or whatever. This was the Liza Minnelli album. I mean, this was the most common one that I would see in every record store and that I everybody I, had. Yeah, I think this one and the Carnegie Hall 87 one yes. was a big one yes, too. Totally. Yeah, absolutely. Because Telarc released that and they were kind of on the forefront of CDs. Mm-hmm. So yes, those two were big deals at the time yeah. for sure. Yeah, totally. Well, so, okay, but so just to set it up for us, because I knew um, – 
you you came from Sugarland, Texas, and I did, yes. You and you you moved to New York, and you were playing in a piano bar. Like, give us the backup of well, how the, the I mean, the legend, <laughs> the the legend yes. of you and Liza is basically like she's you were playing some like obscure song from a Vincent Minnelli movie, and she like that's sidled up to you at the piano and was like, well, that's, "Let's that's be friends." Yeah. That's basically <laughs> well, you just told the story basically, but I'll, I'll just I'll just elaborate a little bit. I had I had worked a lot in New York in the nineteen eighties with the vocal group called Montgomery Planted Stritch. And we had done a lot of engagements at the Algonquin Oak Room. Mm. Uh, at, and we, we started at the ballroom and Don't Tell Mamas, but uh, we built up. And then, and then we were touring a lot. And we actually did a couple of uh, appearances at Carnegie Hall. And, wow. and so I had built up kind of a reputation uh, in New York. Uh, but when the group broke up in 1990, that's when I decided, well, I just need to relocate here to be in New York full time, because up mm. to that point, I was still living in, down in Houston, mm. Texas. So I moved to New York. Uh, the group broke up at the end of 1990. And then there I was without, uh, you know, without a gig. So my, my dear friend, Bob Nahas, run, owned a restaurant on Theater Row called Bobo's. Prior to that, it had been called mm. che- Cheetahs for a hot minute. It was Cheetahs after Cheetah Rivera. Oh, then they shut it, oh, wow. Then they shut it down, and then it was Bobo's, named for, you know, the song from the act. I was going to uh, say, what came first? Oh, yeah. I guess that answers it. Yeah. So, and it was a big space, a gorgeous space. Uh, and so he gave me two nights a week to play at the piano bar, just to kind of get me going in town until I kind of realized what the next step was. And so I would, I think I was working Tuesdays and Thursdays. I can't remember. And I would invariably go in to do my, my night and Bob would say, Oh, you just missed her. She was here last night, you know? Uh And so clearly Liza was coming in a lot to this place and I never was there on the night. Or, but finally, after about three weeks of this, I come in one night, and the place is really kind of deserted. But I notice in the back corner there are four women, all dressed in black, in the <laughs> corner, having dinner with black. You know, and I and I it didn't take me long to realize who it was and that, wow. that that big black puffy hat that she used to wear back in the you know she, there's a real famous picture of her that was taken by Stephen Mizell that mm-hmm. has that you know very very downtown looking and mm-hmm. so I thought okay this is the night I'm gonna meet <laughs> Liza Minnelli and I I just I knew it was gonna happen mm-hmm. uh, so instead of playing what good is sitting alone or, or New York New York or something <laughs> I thought well she gets this all the time so I start to play. I start to kind of ease myself into it. Then I started playing this really beautiful theme from a movie called The Bad and the Beautiful. It's a gorgeous theme song written by David Raxon. I'm sure a lot of your fans are familiar with that film um, and that theme. And I start playing it. And then I realize then all of a sudden I see her get up and start walking over to me. And it's like, oh, here she comes. Here she comes. Here she comes. And But God, it was like I was in a movie and I already knew the outcome of the movie. I just, Oh, my God. I just knew that we were going to hit it off. And she yeah. comes over and she's just very warm, smiling. And she goes, "You God, you're great. How do you know that song? I said, well, it's from one of my favorite movies. And she said, well, you know, my father directed that movie. I'm like, uh, yes, yes, I do. <laughs> and she said, and she came over to me and she goes, 
sorry, I'm I'm Liza. I'm like, uh, <laughs> hi, I'm Billy. And and when she tells the story, she sat on the piano bench next to me. When she tells the story, she says that I looked at her like, what are you doing sitting on my piano bench? I can't I can't imagine that I looked at her that way. But something I guess in my demeanor made her kind of get up and take the first seat at the piano bar right to my left, you know. Mm. And there was mm-hmm. nobody else there. And we just started chatting and she turns out the four women she the three women she was with was her assistant Melanie, uh, Tara Young, who was her dance captain, and her best uh, friend Lisa Mordente. Uh, Cheetah's daughter. Cheetah's daughter, who I knew, and I knew Cheetah. And uh, like I said, I've been working in New York a lot. So I knew a lot of these people. And as the night went on, uh, they all came to the piano bar. More friends of mine showed up. I think Cheetah showed up. All of a sudden, it kind of turned into a party. At one point, she said, how am I the only person that doesn't know you? I'm like, well, I guess now you know me. So, uh, And it just kind of went from there. And the other funny part about that night is, uh, you know, the night just went on like we were friends. I was taking Mm. requests. She was asking me about songs, uh, just like we have been friends forever. But the funny thing, I was taking a break. All of a sudden, I look out the window. And uh, I noticed this kind of late model, 80s, white uh, Lincoln Town car. Wow. And I see this, this black driver, this, this older man, get out of the car and put the hood up. And he's looking in the hood of the car, like he's trying to fix the car. It's parked right on the street outside the window. And then I noticed getting out of the car was unmistakably Catherine Hepburn. Oh, wow. And Liza pokes me. She goes, is that? And I'm like, yes, I think it is. And we both kind of went to the window. And she's looking under the hood of the car like, I could fix this. Maybe it's the fan belt. <laughs> but but, but I was like, clearly it was her driver and it was her car. You know, so they were very familiar with each other. And Liza looked at me and she goes, can you believe we're both standing here and looking at Catherine, looking at this scene, Catherine Hepburn looking under the hood of the car. And I said, what I can't believe is I'm standing next to Liza Minnelli. And we're both looking at this scene so that was kind of a nice little capper on the night and at one point of the night she said i went back to play the piano and she said have you ever do you sing teach me tonight and i said well i know Mm. the song but i've never really done it and so i kind of barreled into this kind of bluesy version of the song and after it was over she goes that's it that's what i want that's the song i want to open the Radio City show with, but I've just oh. been trying to find the handle on wow. it. And she said, will you make a recording? I said, of course. So it just went from there. She invited me to come to 890 Broadway the next Monday to watch rehearsal. And boy, you just couldn't keep me away. You know, it yeah. was just, I was showing up every day. I mean, Terry White was in that show. I already knew Terry White. Yeah. Mm-hmm. I think I already knew Ruth Gottschall. Uh, I knew there was a few people that I know, but uh, Fred Ebb, I met Fred Ebb. I met Marvin Laird, Peter Howard, Don Sebesky, all these incredible, Bill Lavornia, her drummer, her conductor, mm-hmm. all of a sudden. And they all just included me and took me in. And wow. because there were 12 women in the show and my background had been vocal arranging, mm. I was asked within about a week, Fred said, you know, I think this kid should do the vocal arrangements for the show. So wow. it moved It moved really fast. You know, within about wow. 10 days, I was on staff. And uh, anyway, I that's mean, long, amazing. kind of the it's, long version of that. But yeah. I mean, that could be the the plot of an old Hollywood musical. Absolutely. I mean, it, it's it so absolutely magical. Could. You know, I mean, it was, I tell you, it was March 7th, 1991. And ah! it, it was an, it, that was a date. 
that my life absolutely changed. Yeah, I have to just, say, it was a real turning point. And the fact that you already had this premonition that you guys were going to forge this relationship, that's so well, special. Do you want to hear something really weird? And I've told yeah. this to be, it's absolutely true. Uh, 10 years prior to this, I was working at a piano bar in Houston, Texas. Night, it was the summer of 1981. Mm-hmm. And uh, again, there was a, it was an afternoon happy hour gig. I, I took a break. And this woman who had been listening to me said, oh, my God, you're so good. She said, I'm getting such interesting vibrations from you. I'm like, oh, who is this lady? She goes, you know, I'm a, I'm a psychic. And I hadn't really heard of that. I didn't really know what that was. I thought, ooh, here we go. And she said, "Do you mind? can I just take your hand for a minute? I, there's a couple things I want to tell you. So she took my hand. She put her head down. She kind of went into a bit of a trance. She came up and she started telling me all this stuff about my family, my brother, all this stuff. I mean, within five minutes, I was like, wow, my mind was blown. Yeah. And then she said, do you know, she said, I don't know why I'm getting this vision of Liza Minnelli. I'm like, oh, wow. I said, I don't know her. I'm certainly a big fan of hers. And she goes, I'm, feel, I'm getting this heavy vibration of Liza Minnelli and the number 10. I said, what? She goes, she goes, when I get a number, it's usually a unit of time. It's it's days, weeks, months, wow. years. She oh, goes, I feel damn. like you're going to know her. I feel like for some reason she's going to be in your life if she isn't already. And she goes, maybe you're going to meet her in like 10, 10 months or 10. Well, it was 10 years, almost to the month, honestly, when I, when I met Liza. It was one wow. month shy of 10 years. So mm. I don't tell that part of the story very often, but it's absolutely true. So there was a little part of my mind that thought, oh, well, this was, yeah, this was yeah. going to, this was going to happen. So, you know, I don't know if a lot of people believe in that, but I totally. certainly, well, I certainly believed it after I, after it happened, I believed it for sure. I mean, yeah. I think for, for Liza's fate too. I mean, it it's funny having just revisited this Radio City concert coming on the heels of revisiting the New Orleans slash right, Carnegie right. Hall one from 10 or, or you know, a little over. Um, yeah. I realized when I put this on the other night with your, starting with your absolutely just sizzling arrangement of Teach Me Tonight, um, was that th- that uh, Liza in 1980 was, um, there were songs that were jazz or jazzy yeah. and songs that were more pop and songs that were more sh- show business, you know? Yeah, of course. And you, but you gave her a way to have all those things at the same time. Well, uh, I thank you very much. I'm not sure that was all due to me, but but certainly I think I brought in more of a jazz element a bit because, mm. you know, she loved that. That's what I was performing. And so yeah. she, you know, she she's always been the type that if she heard somebody she loved, then mm. she wanted to kind of go and do that thing. She did that with Donny Hathaway years ago at one point. I mean, way before my time, she hooked on to a, this great jazz, this blues musician in Houston, Texas. And she did went and did an album in Muscle Shows called New Feelin'. That was like I blues, love that album. blues for, you know, it's like, so she was always very open to different styles of music. And by the way, since you mentioned that New Orleans concert, that was the very first time I saw Liza live. She brought that show to Houston, Texas. I think I must have been 
17 maybe wow. and i remember like it was yesterday i remember that ah. sca- that scaffolding and i remember her yes. just walking out without any music mm-hmm. and singing what a lovely night i'm mm. feeling so yeah that whole verse to uh uh actress at the peak right yeah. kay thompson uh, and roger edens and she, they, mm. with a slight little lyric change and the band starting slowly to come up, and she's singing, I could cry salty mm. tears. And then it goes into, It's a miracle, a true blues fan. <laughs> I mean, I tell you, I remember this show. And so I was a fan, well, really from Liza with a Z, but the first sure. time I saw her live was mm-hmm. that show in 79, 79 or 80. It's an yeah. incredible show. That's on video and DVD, I, I believe. Yes, yes. True. Yeah, we, that's uh, what our last, our last, because that, that's course what this is. series is. Oh, I know. I we knew talk that. about yes. videos they can watch, you know. That's right. That's right. Yes. And so, yes, I just, that was just an aside. That was the first time I really fell in love with her as a performer. But, uh, you know, there's not really a style of music that she doesn't do well, honestly. Yes. I mean, well, one, one other thing I want us to get to, we'll go through the concert in order, but I'm yes, fascinated please. because I've been reading about it that the video and the album are not the entire uh, two-hour show. So, like, you know, I read that she opened the second act, speaking of her doing different music styles, with Losing My Mind for special results at Shopboy's collaboration. Oh, yeah, she did. She absolutely did. It's amazing what, uh, you know, I mean, I would give anything for the commercial. (laughs) complete (laughs) i Um, would too i would too somewhere that exists because uh uh, liza was very much involved in the overseeing of the production mm, of the video and mm. actually phil ramone uh did that with her and phil said you know i have there's this new technique that i want want to film this in and trust me it's going to be a big deal here but it's already a big deal in japan it's called high definition television Mm. and so she was on board with it. They they had maybe two of the existing cameras in New York. And so they filmed they filmed the show live. And then we went back into Radio City one afternoon and did pickup shots on the stage. Mm-hmm. And then we went to the Ed Sullivan Theater uh, before David Letterman was there. It was just a facility. Uh, and filmed a lot of pick, like in seeing things where it goes close to her eyes. I was wondering everything. about that. Yeah, that, yeah. That, was, that was all done after the fact in a in a studio, uh, and, it's, oh. and, it all, and 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 everything was edited in that facility too. I forget what the name of the facility was, but it was in that it was in the Ed Sullivan Theater. Yeah. Well, so, it's uh, so great because it all that that audio video uh, multimedia yeah. stuff plays yeah. well as opposed to so many live shows on a. It does. Con- I mean, it's still video. so beautiful to look at. Totally. And it was the very first concert, I believe, uh, that was filmed for high definition television. I mean, it was the forerunner of that. So that was Phil Ramone, you know, uh, always pro- a pioneer. A pioneer. Producer, yep. Right. yep. And mm-hmm. so you were just weeks into having met her. And then yes. were you? did you play for this show also? I did not play for this show. I, I did the vocal arrangements for the 12 women, a lot of the stuff in the second act. The uh, Demon Divas. The Demon Divas, yeah. Uh, and uh, I did a few things. Like I said, I did Teach Me Tonight, although Artie Shrek did the orchestration for it. Mm. But uh, And the other the other one of the first act that I really wrote and Don Sebesky orchestrated was was the Seeing Things, uh, which oh, was the film. So beautiful. So beautiful. It's, it's what closes the first act, and yeah. it's about uh, you know how her father worked at Radio City Music Hall, and it's got a beautiful film clip montage of yeah. the designs yeah. and the programs and 
pictures of her. And then all of a sudden at the end, she goes, now here I am playing mm. at the musical. Mm. I'm getting, I'm getting goosebumps just thinking yeah. about it in my head right at this <laughs> moment. It really is. That. And that's what closed the first half. I mean, that would have been enough, right? Yeah. I mean, that, that would have been enough. And then the audience goes to that magnificent lobby at uh, Radio City and gets their drinks and then comes back for this mind-blowing second half of the show. So, you know. So, I mean, so were, were you, did you go to the performances? I mean, was that, Oh, yeah. Like, you couldn't keep me away. I think, so, I, 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 mean, think I was at almost every show. How is that? Like three weeks after meeting her that you're sitting opening night at Radio City well, watching it was about this li- triumphant five, show. Yeah. It was pretty amazing. I mean, I have to say, everything was happening so fast. Yeah. Uh, this was about maybe six weeks from the time I met her to the time we opened. We opened wow. on April 23rd. And wow. uh, it was a big star-studded event. I remember there was one, I mean, you'll probably get to this, but in the second half of the show, she does, uh, she, she sings Losing My Mind, and then she sings The World Goes Round. And then she starts to sing, and this is not on the video. She starts to sing Neither, yeah. all by myself. Don't want no. to be. Yes, yeah, swear to God. <gasps> she sings a little of that. And then she goes into all of a sudden, this girl in the audience interrupts her. Hey, Liza, oh. Liza, 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 <laughs> I just heard, you look so lonesome on the stage. Well, these, these 12 girls were planted in the audience so monica Wemmett, who was one of the girls was planted next to gregory peck and his wife (gasps) oh my god and and she's the first one that breaks she's the one that gets up and goes hey hey liza you're terrific you're terrific does the whole thing and she was so nervous sitting there knowing that she had to have this moment (laughs) And then she starts the moment, and he literally tried to shut her up and stop her from doing it. He did not realize. And then finally his wife, Veronique, pushed, uh, you know, realized. And then he looked at her and realized. And then he was like, oh, this is part of the show. And he sat back in his chair. Oh, my gosh. And I was sitting about a a row away from that. So I kind of saw this stuff happen, too. Oh, my God. Uh, It was, yeah, that was quite a night. And the opening night at the Rainbow Room, you know, the party and everything. It was... I mean, I'm telling you, it was kind of fantastic. So, Who all was there at that party? Well, Joe Pesci was there, Isaac Mizrahi and Sandra Bernhardt. I remember I, mm. I remember dancing with both of them. Wow. Uh, Cheetah was there and Lisa. I remember Cheetah and Lisa doing this hot dance together on the part of... <laughs> There's like a little, there was like a little stairway that went to a little uh, second level over the bandstand. And mm. at one point I look up and they're just doing this little tank, this hot little dance together. I'm like, wow, this is fantastic. Yeah. Um, uh. I mean, Liz Smith was there. Uh, you know, I'd have to go back and look at, at photographs, right. but there was a, it was quite a who's who, as you can imagine, you know, yeah. of yeah. Uh, everybody hot in New York was at that opening night, you know. It's so, it's so big time. I mean, it's just, I mean, it's just. These are yes. s- between that even and just the night at Bobo's. Those are such like New York nights that people. Yeah, dream exactly. About, you know? New York nights. Absolutely. And then after the party was over, uh, Liza and I and Jim Caruso and Ellen Green and her husband and uh, <gasps> my friend Cortez Alexander and Gene Reed, a bunch of us went to the the brasserie. Nobody even remembers that. That was I do remember night. the brasserie. Do you remember it? Off I of think Park it's Avenue. reopened. Has There's it, a uh, new yeah, well not this minute, but you know, but it was yeah. last year or whatever. Yeah, yeah. Mm. So I think maybe Anne Hampton Calloway. I'm trying to remember the cast, but it was a bunch of us because <laughs> by this posse. point, not only was I, I was going to the rehearsals with Liza in the in the daytime, but then invariably I would take her out at night and we'd go to 
88 and don't tell oh mamas because she was loving the piano bar cabaret world. She had never been exposed to any of that, you know? And mm. so all of a sudden uh-huh. all my friends were in this world too. So uh, it, it was great. I mean, it this was really like a movie. It really yeah. was like a movie. This very charmed time in my life. Yeah. Anne was there. Jim Caruso was there. I remember the night I met Liza, I couldn't wait to get to a pay phone. And <laughs> You'll never guess who came in and who I hung out with tonight. You know, so I remember that at, at a pay phone on the corner of 42nd and 8th. I, I totally remember. Oh, yeah. Um, yeah, absolutely. Back when there was a pay phone on the corner of 42nd and 8th. So were, were you and Jim already friends? Then? Yeah, we have been friends for years because we both mm-hmm. were both from Texas. He was a ah. local group. He had a group called Wise Guys, and I had my group Montgomery Planted Stritch. So we knew each other, and we worked a lot of the same bars and clubs mm. and cabarets all through the '80s. So we we had been buddies for about ten, maybe eight or ten years at that point. And so. did you introduce him to Liza? I did absolutely. I mean, how's that? I mean, Right off. Well, I, we, Liza and I met on the on the eighth of March, and I had my very first solo show at eighty eight on March, I think the ninth or tenth. That's and good Liza, timing. And yeah. Liza came. Jim <laughs> was there. Liza brought KD Lang to my show. Wow! Yeah. I mean, all of a sudden, guys, it was happening. Everything was happening. She was hanging out. Terry White was there. I mean, you know that little room upstairs was small, but it was packed. And of course, mm. I was a big deal all of a sudden because Liza liked me. You know, it's like, I mean, truly, it, it all started to happen at that moment. So, and then Liza's 45th birthday was on March 12th. And she mm-hmm. had a big party at a place called Tattoo on the east side. Oh, my God. I mean, so there was a lot of social stuff in the yeah. midst of rehearsals, in the midst of this. I mean, I somewhere I still have my date book with everything that happened, mm. you know, in that uh-huh. in that year. But uh, it was it was a pretty wild time i have to say yeah now, wow. i have a question about that but just as a brief sideline because it won't really pertain to talking about the concert anyway yep. but um you may think of it with katie lang just in case anybody doesn't know billy wrote one of reba mcintyre's biggest hits does he love you i did and yes uh, oh. what what did you have any kind of a country uh feel like what was your country deal before that uh not really much of much of one. I mean, I grew up in Texas, so I listened, mm-hmm. you know, everybody listened to country music. So sure. I was certainly aware of it. But uh, I wasn't into the country scene. And actually, the song Does He Love You was not written to be country. It's really a pop song. It yeah. was written, Sandy Knox and I wrote it for my the two girls in my cabaret group. Because Montgomery it's a, and Plant. Montgomery Plant. It's a <laughs> wife and a mistress. Mm. So it's got a, that dramatic element. And it, oh, gets, yes. it gets after the bridge to the big yeah. key change. And they turn and face each other and face off. Does he love you? <laughs> Does he love you? Da-da. And so we used to always close our nights in the gay bars. And, of course, mm. the queens went wild. Everybody yes. went wild. And they caught... <laughs> They nobody could remember the name of the song. They just called it the bitch fight. Are you guys gonna do the bitch fight tonight? <laughs> so, uh, so that was like we wrote that in 1985. Sandy wow. moved. Sandy moved to Nashville not long after that. Became a staff writer at a publishing company, and then Reba McIntyre was looking for a duet in 1993, and that song got into her hands. And so, eight years after we wrote it you know, she recorded it. Incredible. So, yeah. Oh, lucky. I love that. that was good luck. It was really good luck. 
Okay, so two more questions about where we were before we go into the concert. One is, okay. I'm just, you are in the piano bar scene. You're friends with all these people, Anne Hampton Calloway and Jim Caruso and everybody. You work at Bobo's. What is it like to walk into 88s or Don't Tell Mama, which is like, you know, your home turf at this point, except you walk in with Liza Minnelli? Yeah. Well, it was it was something. I mean, it was a little uh, it was a little overwhelming. Um, <laughs> but I have to say, to Liza's credit, she does not come on like a big star. She mm-hmm. just wanted to be one of the cabaret kids. She just mm-hmm. wanted to be normal. She didn't treat anybody like you know like she was a big deal. Everybody was equal to her. So. And, and she was friendly with everybody. So, you know, by the second or third time, it was like, hey, Liza, you know, and she was hugging on everybody. Mm. And, Aww. you know, so it wasn't, there wasn't any weirdness. I mean, I know that there was probably a, a group of people that were like, oh, well, he's big, you know, Liza, yeah. Liza. You know, there was, there was a, definitely that element. Sure. And that, you know, I had a couple of hurtful incidents that happened. There are things yeah, I found sure. out about, but mm. I got, past that (laughs) you know it's like you know because actually liza said to me you know what she said they'll catch up and if they don't it's not your problem so you know know, because we came we became very close so you know it's like and this is what happened you know it wasn't like i i was trying to put anything over on anybody or trying to be anything different you know it's just yeah now all of a sudden liza minnelli's my friend and why shouldn't and, that be a thing? But do you feel everyone's like tripping over themselves to sidle up to her and like crowding your table or whatever? There were like, a few people like that, but most people were pretty cool. You know, at 88's mm-hmm. people were cool. They they were yeah. happy to watch. I mean, it was a small place. That was the and, coolest uh, piano bar I've ever been to. Absolutely. So I mean, we, we would get a table toward the back and just, yeah. uh, but like I said, she was never put off if people wanted to come over and say hi or, yeah, you know, yeah. and, and I don't remember her actually getting too overwhelmed with that. I mean, there would be mm. times when we'd be in other cities walking through a mall or an airport sure. and all of a sudden, a bit, and she really knew how to get herself through that really fast. Mm. Like she would spot it from like 50 feet away, somebody, and she goes, let's go this way. Cut left. Mm. Blah, blah. Wow. So, yeah. I mean, she kind of had a sixth sense about it, but mm-hmm. you know, she was never one like, uh, you know, if people recognized her, or wanted an autograph or to say a few words, she was really fine with all of that, which it's great, you know, because yeah. oh, you have to lovely. you have to own that. You know, you can't just yeah. be mad that you're you're a star, you know. Sure. Yeah. So don't Well, don't she's make someone also bad. who has she's got nothing but experience of that. I mean, Liza Minnelli's never had one day of her life not. That's right. Royal. She grew yeah, up with it. She sure. she watched it with her mom and everyone else in Hollywood. She grew up yeah. with it. So she was yeah. very that's one thing she already knew how to handle for yeah. sure. Yep. Well, I love that. Okay, and now just I have to. How does Ellen Green factor into this? Yes, well, they please. they had just they had just filmed a movie called Stepping Out about oh, yes. two years before mm, that. Yes. So with Jane they Krakowski. were with Jane Krakowski oh, and Julie Walters and Andrea Martin and <laughs> yeah, Shelley Winters and Bill Irwin. I mean, it's Irwin. a fantastic. It is sadly the most underrated film because what happened with that movie. Uh, was that it, it got lost in the shuffle of a new regime that came into the, uh, mm-hmm. I think it was Fox. I forget the the studio, but uh, mm-hmm. they were all behind it. By the time it was released, nobody was behind it. So that movie did not get a proper, uh, uh, you know, blast off. But mm-hmm. uh, that, so she and Ellen were friends. They bonded over that film. I will say that it was released uh, in, 
barely released in the States yeah. right around the time uh, of the Radio City show. And actually the show at Radio City was called Steppin' Out at yes. Radio City Music Hall yes. because the anticipation was that that was going to be a big movie. Um. Well, by the time that show at Radio City happened, the movie was released, I think, in four theaters and Ugh. never was, didn't happen. But later that same year, they uh, Princess Diana hosted the premiere in London of the movie. Ooh, and it, wow. was a, it was to benefit her, the Royal Marston uh, Children's Charity Appeal, one of her big causes there. So I flew with Liza to the opening at the Albert Hall. Oh, my uh, God. That film. And... Met Princess Diana. What can oh, I say about that? Oh my God! Oh yeah, absolutely. Who also would, could not have been lovelier. Just everything mm. you'd ever hope she would be. So, I mean, so I, I just, literal I, royalty. Literal mm-hmm. royalty. I mean, yeah. I and, and I have this incredible picture, and I'm sure it's you can find it online. Yeah. Liza and, and and Diana were both dressed in white, and they're sitting at a table, and they're whispering to each other. It's yes. really funny. Yes, Isn't I have great? seen that. Yeah. 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 yeah, iconic, yeah. Iconic, 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 right? Yeah, it's great. Um, so that was just an aside. But so stepping out was how Ellen Green and Liza were friends. And we hung out with Ellen for a long time. And she was at every party and <laughs> all the time. And I haven't seen her in a while. The last time I saw her was in London about four years ago. So mm. we've kind of lost touch. But I mm. adore her. I adore yeah, her. Yeah, she's so fabulous. Love her. Yeah. Well, and oh, the yeah. other thing I wanted to ask you about is because I didn't realize I had known that this concert opened in the month we were talking about in 1991, but I guess that you guys had a return engagement in 92 and that's the one that was videotaped and recorded for CD. That's the one. And it's, Mm -hmm. and and the order of the songs slightly changed. Well, we ran the show the first time April into May. I think we closed May 12th, like three weeks. And Mm -hmm. then we went on tour that summer. We went to like Mm -hmm. 12 cities and the, we took eight of the girls, eight of the 12 girls mm-hmm. and uh, went to, it was all outdoor, what they call the sheds. It was like wow. Chastain, Chastain Park in Atlanta and uh, Indianapolis and uh, uh, Nashville. We went to like 12 different places, toured the show. Then that fall, uh, I went with Liza to, to Paris and we did five weeks with Charles Aznavour, mm. uh, a separate concert, which is also on, video yes great album sailor boys uh great album great concert we spent a a month a month five weeks in paris and then we came back and we reprised the radio city show in january of 1992 i think we did another 10 performances then oh my so you broke the box (laughs) office record and then equaled it i think so i think that's what happened and so that show with charles asenfor were you then you were playing then I was playing. Yeah, it was great. And if you watch it, I actually open the second act with Liza and Charles. Oh. We, do a, we do a trio together. It's, Is that on video? video? Yeah, it's on video. Oh, I didn't know. I only knew oh, there was an album. Oh, no, it's sure. on video. You've got to check it out. It's really good. Oh, we must. We must. It's really good. I mean, they start together. Then Charles does the first half. And then they st- then the, there's an intermission. And then we do this jazz uh, medley of songs he wrote in the second half. Mm. And then Liza takes off, does Bonjour Paris, and does the mm. second half. And then mm. they close together. It's a great, great concert. And Oh, I'm in. That was like 22 performances at oh the Palais de Congre, which is almost as many seats as Radio City, and sold oh out God. the whole run. Yeah. Oh so, my God. I yeah, mean, what quite... is, what is that like to be like selling out this huge venue in Paris for twenty two shows with Liza and Charles Aznavour? Like, were you the toast of Paris? <sighs> well, we were. It was quite a year for me. As I'm looking back, I mean, I, <laughs> even I'm impressed talking about it. <laughs> uh, 
uh, it was great. We were staying, you know, we were staying at the uh, the, the George Sock Hotel. It was oh. gorgeous. Uh, and, you know, again, every night there was something after the show to do. And, of course, all I mean, you know, Liza being such an international star, mm-hmm. we had all the great stars. Uh, you know, Regine was there. Sophia Loren came oh one my night. God. Uh, I think Audrey Hepburn came to the show one night. I mean, I, wow. I have great pictures of that time. And then uh, it was a lot to do with the data. I, I had been yeah. to Paris, but I had never certainly spent a month in Paris, you know. Oh, and, uh, oh my God. Yeah, it was incredible. And and we, we were lucky because mm. we took the whole band. I mean, you mm. know, this probably wouldn't happen now. It might. No. But there was, Liza always had 12 musicians. We augmented it with four or four or six string players and maybe a couple more keyboards. But it was our 12 guys and then her staff of like eight people and me. And uh, it was great. We were all just this big uh, group. And it was a really incredible, incredible month. And tell us about Bill Lavornia. Uh, Pappy. 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 Yeah, Pappy. Pappy, larger than life, I got to say. I mean, I remember Bill Lavornia playing for Liza at that show. I saw her in Houston in 1980, that New Orleans show. Wow. You know, sitting at the top of the thing on that scaffolding that, yeah. with that big beard and, yeah. and just banging the hell out of those drums and just, just fan- what a showman he was. Mm. And, uh, I got his autograph that night. I, I was wow. one of the people stood out the front. I love that. I mean, everybody was standing getting her autograph when he came out and I said, oh, I want you. And he looked, I remember him looking at me like he was kind of, why would you want my autograph? <laughs> uh, and then, you know, that first day I showed up at rehearsals for, for the Radio City thing. Nobody knew who I was. She introduced me and he just took me under his wing. He could not mm. have been nicer. Mm-hmm. I mean, he and his wife were great. We would, do, do gigs in Atlantic City in the years following and always share a house, Liza and I and Pappy and Joan and just oh hang out God. for the weekend on the beach. And uh, he was great. He had, he was, he had a, a, he had a temper. He was Italian. Uh, mm. God forbid he would ever admit he was wrong about anything, but that was not very often anyway. And certainly when it came to music, he knew, he knew what he was doing. It was rare to have a drummer who conducted yeah, but he used to say, you know, all I do is I watch her. I watch her ass, and I know exactly. <laughs> and anytime she, you know, she's such a dancer at heart. Yes, so yes, yes, you know, yes. she, they would just the two of them would work out. She goes, I'm going to do a hit here, and I'm going to do a bump here, and she goes, I need you to. And he would just like bap swack gat gat. So if you listen to that stuff, it's like he is playing her body. Mm. I mean, he really that is, is so fascinating. Following. You know, and he played for Judy, so that's the first yes, time she heard him. Yes. I think. Right? I think, yeah, I mean, the first time I think Liza met him, she was probably twelve or something. Wow. And so yeah. they they have been friends all that time. You know, and and how long was was he in the picture then with Liza? Throughout uh, he was in the picture until he till he passed away. I mean, he he started. I think in the Liza with the Z years, there was oh, wow, a conductor yeah. named Jack French was the conductor. Mm-hmm. Jack? But I think, <coughs> yeah, Jack. Yeah, hit it, Jack. <laughs> uh, uh, and then I think probably, I don't know, I'm not sure of the timeline, but I think probably somewhere in the 80s, uh, Bill Lavornia took over as but, uh, uh, her, I mean the 70s. But when did, I, when, was, when did he, so when did he die, rather? I want to say it was uh, probably about 10 years ago maybe a little longer uh because let's see we did lies at the palace in 2008 mm-hmm. and it was uh and it was prior to that because michael mike berkowitz was already playing so gotcha maybe maybe 2005 
five or six, somewhere in did, there. I think. Did you did you become Liza's musical director after he died? Uh, I I did. Uh, Berkowitz, we kind of shared it because Berkowitz played the drums, but I kind of was conducting from the piano at that point. Mm-hmm. Uh, mm-hmm. So. I, uh, we just, we just looked at each other uh, between us. We, we had it all covered. I have to say, Love it. Uh, I think maybe at one point I did have that title, uh, sure. you know, I mean, the title that I really claim is uh, accompanist, accompanist and arranger, you know, mm-hmm. and certainly in most of the shows I sang with Liza as well. You know, we always did duets and she let me yeah. do a solo and, you know, so um, I was special guest star too, you know. Well, you know, I'm, I'm glad you say that though. It's so, it's so, so like this, like beautiful dichotomy about you, Billy, is that you're someone who is um, at the same time that you are a star yourself and you are a special guest and you bring so much more than somebody that's just kind of like support, you know, but also better than almost anybody, probably, you are support. I mean, you're able to literally support, you know, even something like the project we did together with Countess Luann, somebody who was just doing her first time really singing live and needed, so you know, you're the dream person. But it's such, it's almost like a mind fuck because you're so supportive and yet you are, you don't, you're, you're so much beyond those, those boundaries. Well, I just, you know, I, 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 thank you for that. Uh, I mean, I, I feel like I have a lot to offer in the way of guiding a singer, guiding a performer, yeah. c- handling things on stage. Mm-hmm. Uh, and as you refer to with the artist that with Luann, who was new to this whole thing, I mean, if if the artist trusts me enough yeah. to let me do what I do, I will always take care of them. You know, yeah. I will all I will never throw somebody under the bus or hang them out to dry yeah. because yeah. my job is to support and all the better if they feature me along the way. I mean, I, I I don't mind that at all. I love to sing with people. I love to I mean, and almost every act that I play for, that's a part of it with Christine mm. Ebersole, with Marilyn May. Sure. I mean, mm. you know, I always get to sing a little bit and I can't I'm believe so, we've been talking for 40 minutes and we haven't mentioned Marilyn May. Yes. I know, like, God, uh, we finally Marvelous ding, 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 ding. Everybody have a drink. Take a drink now. We mentioned her name. <laughs> right? Yeah. Uh, but yeah, so I feel like I go beyond just musical director. You know, it's like, yes. I, I'm yes. just, I, I like to be a part of the team and the collaborator up there. And that's what makes me feel good. Whatever you call it. It doesn't yeah. need a title, you know? Mm. Well, yeah. all right. So let's dive into this concert because Please. It's, it starts with this amazing Billy Stritch arrangement, which I mean, yes. well, you know, let it, me, let, before you say that, yeah. let me tell you how it really started. Because yes. this is what's not on the video. Ah. First of all, you heard this overture. And that you do hear on the record. Yeah. Thank part. She walks out front and the music came way down and it went to this really pretty introduction. And she is adorable, never looked cuter. And she sings. It's not the pale moon that excites me, that thrills or delights me. Oh, no. And out of that white raincoat, she pulls a pair of white binoculars out. And she puts them and looks in that cavernous theater. She goes, it's just the nearness of Ah! you. (laughs) Huge laugh. So she, it's not da, da, da. so, and at the end she goes. So let's forget all of this size stuff, and let me strut my stuff. 
for you. And if you said da, 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 uh, something was the nearness of you. And on the last you, it went the, on uh, in the reverb, it went you, 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 you. And there was a big applause. And then the band goes, da, 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 Ba, da, da, and then it's Teach Me Tonight. Oh, so that oh, was fabulous. That's the way it happened in the theater. Okay, just wanted oh, to clarify that. No, I'm so happy to know uh-huh. that. I'm now my new goal is to get in touch with all these fans and get a bootleg of that because I, I have. Need it. I think I might have it somewhere. Oh, so yeah. oh yes, yep, for sure. Well, that's <laughs> even more magical. No, nothing makes me happier than a short, small pre-opening followed by a huge I big know. It's, it's, yeah, it's, exactly. it's effing genius I gotta yes, say yes, and yes, the way yes. that show looked with just those panels in the back opening mm. up the irising out yes. like that yes. I mean it's so simple and yet it is mind-blowing when you have a proscenium as big as Radio City I it bet just I can only yeah. imagine stunning I mean, it, it's also when you have a profile a silhouette oh, well, as yeah. iconic as Liza I mean that's, that's right, right. And that, we, we you guys had that at the palace too. That's right. We, we created, well, first it was in Liza with a Z. Yes, yes. And then course. it was in Radio City. And then we recreated in the palace, but it was in a triangle. It was in like in the, the yes. gay. The, the, yeah. Yes. So, yeah. Perfect. So, so it was different, but but same. A silhouette yeah. standing. Yeah. Mm-hmm. And then well, coming out. Front. And she, I mean, nobody. Nobody can strut downstage. Uh, no, than Liza. Mm-hmm. she calls she calls that her big girl walk. Oh, it sure <laughs> is. When she takes off that coat and throws it into oh, the yeah. pit or whatever. Oh yeah, <laughs> God, absolutely. Like done, done with this now, right? I know. And great. she does. I mean, she she looks as good or better in this video than she ever did in her twenties or ever. Yeah. I mean, I have to say, this was Liza at just. The, the top, top, top. Absolutely. Yeah. She, she just fabulous. she just spent six months on Nutrisystem because we did it together. <laughs> That's so 1991. <laughs> Absolutely. We, we did it together. She was, Isaac Mizrahi was designing cute clothes for her. Donna Karen was designing. She was determined to look adorable. And she looked, wasn't too thin. She's too curvy, that cute. I mean, beautiful. she was, it was just, yeah, just gorgeous. Great. Absolutely. The costumes are beautiful. And it's, I mean, speaking of her as a dancer, the addition of Susan Stroman to this, yeah. mm-hmm. it oh, yeah. really, um, I mean, those are the two things that I kept thinking about was Billy Stritch and Susan Stroman. That's like, right. That's what sets this concert, you know, in a cl- art- artistic class. Mm-hmm. You know, I mean, like, I love her um, 86 London concert video yeah. uh, from the Palladium. Yeah. And it's so great, you know, and she's in fabulous form and it's, it's so, I just live for that sort of campiness almost of her doing the Pointer Sisters or Elton John or you know, <laughs> right, you know, right. all that stuff. Is you know, that but- the one with, is that the one with the foot lockers? Is that the one with that group that group that opens for her? Yes. Maybe, yeah. <laughs> yes. right, okay. The little, the, the, they did the break dancing kind of stuff. Yes. Yeah. Yeah. Okay. Never mind. Uh, I mean, it's not on the the video. Starts with like, uh, right. her that's backstage right. talking to Lorna. To Lorna, oh, that's <laughs> so right. Yeah, crazy. yeah, yeah. Absolutely. Yeah. Okay. I, I know the one you mean. Sure. sure. <laughs> but yeah, but that's the same concert. But it's like, but this one, it's like, there's no um, sort of camp wink about appreciating this concert twenty years later. You know, no, there this really concert isn't. is just it's so classy and classic. Yeah. You know, mm-hmm. and it's what I meant by that. You that that it starts with teach me tonight fusing all those elements the jazz the pop the show business you know it has she's strutting around the stage and she's selling it in that 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 show business liza judy jolson you know just way that nobody else can do right but it's also 
it is so jazzy. It does have that kind of a musical, you know, legitimacy yeah. to it. And yeah. at the same time, it also feels pop. You know, it doesn't feel like you're hearing like jazz art. You know, it feels like you're having something that's just candy that you just want to swallow down. You know, absolutely. It's not trying too hard to be anything. It's oh, it's just delicious. Yeah. I mean, when yeah. you guys opened with that at the palace, and I I grew up on this album, so I knew this arrangement. I mean, I right down to the you know yeah. i mean the whole exactly when it happens thank you yeah. for not blanching um but uh, but you know but what i just remember is the first i could i saw you guys a few times at the palace in 2008 but i remember the first time i went you know not knowing what it was going to be other than some kate thompson stuff at some point and when it opened with this i was like just full of gratitude i was weird because we kept, we, we kept going like well what should we open with and we kept trying different things and she finally was like, you know what? We just teach me. There's nothing better than that. Let's just mm-hmm. pull that one out again. So we did, you know, shame, shamelessly. We just pulled that out again and it worked. So the only thing mm-hmm. better than that was when I saw you guys at the Hollywood bowl the following summer. Yeah. And when you open with teach me tonight in front of 18,000 people under <laughs> the night sky, yeah. that was a, a level up even from, from yeah. the palace, but that it's was magic. Great. Yeah. 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 But so it, but it's thrilling here, Radio City. I mean, like you said, that proscenium, it's, you know, I mean, we all are in love with Carnegie Hall and Broadway and all that stuff, but sometimes like just bigger is better. uh, Yeah. It's certainly in in the case of a show like this. Yeah. Because if you remember the first, it's first act is just her alone on on stage and the, and the orchestra is in the orchestra pit. Mm -hmm. Uh, Mm -hmm. But at one point in the first act, uh, she sings Sarah Lee and mm. the orchestra raised up out of the pit and she used yes. the passer- she danced around the passerelle. Hello, and Dolly. So, and Hello, so Dolly. just as it came up, they sing Sarah Lee and she's like, and the thrills. So it was the whole Hello, Dolly thing. Mm. Then they went back down and she closes the first act with the big Vincent Minnelli seeing thing. Yes, thrilling. But then the second act, the orchestra's on stage, elevated way up yes, high. Yes, behind. So it was like they really took made full yes. advantage of that space. And was that was that was that because I guess I I had thought actually that Susan Stroman directed it, but I saw that Fred Ab directed. No, Fred really Fred directed. Direct, it. Yeah, Fred directed. Fred was the one that got Susan Stroman on board. So you got to you got to use this girl. She's fantastic, <laughs> you know. <laughs> I mean, yeah. tell us about Fred Ab because I worship him. Yes, I never please. met him. Well, Fred Ab had was had the best sense of humor and he was a sweet loving guy uh he was a mensch he was uh kind of sloppy always kind of like rumpled ah! you know it's like his shirts were like <laughs> okay is he is and, and he run, can you run a comb through your hair you know kind of oh, like I that but <laughs> if, if you could make fred laugh then yeah. you'd be happy for the rest of the year mm. i mean and so that was the joy of him and i have great memory of him at I think we were a few weeks into the rehearsal and everyone was kind of taking it, coming back from lunch. And uh, Liza said to Fred, oh, Fred, get up and do, get up and sing Liza with a Z. And <laughs> it's like, oh, oh, no, oh, no, I could you know. And all the girls are hanging around. And he gets up and he performs Liza better than Liza. And oh, she told me later, she, I mean, he did all the little girly things like clutching uh, at the skirt and if uh, my... You know, just, and she told me that because he's the one that invented me. He's the one mm, that invented mm. that girl that you see out there. He totally wow. got who she was and was able to, and so she never made a move without him. He was the one that said, we got to hire this kid, meaning me, because I mm. was showing up and giving ideas and throwing out stuff. And 
finally he, you know, so I, I adored him and uh, I was thrilled to know him. I have to say he, he was great. I mean, and John Cantor, the same thing, but John was not around as much. Fred mm-hmm. was being the director mm-hmm. was always there. So, sure. You know, yeah, well, speaking yeah. of him inventing her, you know, it's something we were talking about when we were doing the New Orleans concert was, you know, I mean, Lives with the Z is so incredible. I mean, it's really this, you know, I always call it a Fosse film. Um, right. And, and, and she's so brilliantly utilized in a way she hadn't been before that. And, it, but it feels very much that she's the actress and singer and dancer, and she is at the service of Bob Fosse's creation. That's right. Uh-huh. And, and, and Liza in New Orleans, it felt like maybe it was a little bit like kind of on both sides. She was Liza the star, but there was a couple places where you heard a little bit like the voice of Fred Ebb, not fully integrated. Like, what was it we were talking about before she sings Arthur in the afternoon where she was like, like the banter. The, yeah. Uh-huh. You know, where it was just like, not clunky cause it's still great, but right. it's just a little bit like this is scripted. Obvi- I mean, not that it's yeah. not supposed to be right. scripted, but well, it's very, sure. Capital S. And this, exactly this moment after Teach Me Tonight, when she sings the beginning of the, hello, Stephen Sondheim, old friends. And then with the music playing and goes into, you know, I'm talking about old friends. I mean, old friends. Really? Old friends. Right, right, right. right. It's this amazing fusion because it's so Fred Ebb and it's so scripted, but Liza owns it like, you know, it, it's such the most beautiful marriage in that moment. I yeah, know, she, she, absolutely. Yeah, she would commit to, to it. I mean, my favorite line like that is from Liza with the Z, you know, when she goes, uh, uh, Lisa, so good to see you. I love that hat. She goes, thank you. It's Liza, and that's my hair. I love that. <laughs> yes, one. Classic. That's a classic Fred F line, you classic. know. But, classic. Yeah. yeah. Liza, knew how, Liza really knew how to deliver that those lines, though, for sure. I mean, throughout this whole concert, I was just so struck by how funny she is. I mean, it was almost like watching Lucille Ball or something like yeah. her facial expressions yep, and yep. kind of her, like the zaniness of it all. Like yep. it was really, really a masterclass. Oh, yeah. she's great at the double take. And like, especially, yes, when, especially when the girls all of a sudden are interacting yes. with her and all the, yes, yes, the girls. Yes, like, yes, yes. Yeah. It's great. I mean, she's a great reactor. She knows how totally. to hold for, yes. the, and hold for the laugh, you know, she's yes. good. Well, yeah. she, she learned from the best. I got to yeah. say. Yeah, yeah, sure did. Mm-hmm. Well, Judy, I mean, Judy, you could say so much about Judy, but one thing about Judy is she was hilariously funny. Hilarious. You know? Yes. Absolutely. Well, that's what, I guess that's what Liza always says about her. Too. I, that's what everybody says. That's the, yeah. um, Elaine Stretch. Yeah. Right. So there's nothing Ball. tragic. She's, yeah. everybody thinks of her as a tragic figure. She said, there's right. nobody funnier. Yeah. Absolutely. Yeah. 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 Mm-hmm. So, um, okay. Well, speaking of Stephen Sondheim, I yes. couldn't, but I, the only thing I love more than Liza singing old friends is the song from Dick Tracy, Live Alone and Like It. Live Alone and Like It. Yeah. Re- yeah. Reconceived as a huge, show-stopping, up-tempo, just like production number. Yeah, I mean, yeah, yeah. It, it, I mean, this is almost like, you know, I I mean, maybe you know, like because I assume this was in it before you showed up that day at rehearsal. Yeah, this was, I think Marvin Laird was the one that laid this arrangement. It's an it's a, it's a old Sophie Tucker song called... Uh, Li- I'm living oh, alone so and I songs. like it. Yeah, it's the one going into I'm, the Sondheim a, one. Yeah, and it goes into uh, you know, ah, live okay. alone and like it for yourself. But it starts with I'm a one ticket gal. I am as free as the breeze. Yes. That's an old that's an old Sophie Tucker thing. Mm, okay. Yeah. Mm-hmm. So it's a great medley. So that's yeah. called I'm living alone and I like it. And then and she goes into live alone. Live and alone and like right. Exactly. Yeah. Gotcha. I mm-hmm. mean, it's just I just love it. I mean, this uh, this is so gay of me. But when I back in the day when oh. I used to work out, this was on my cardio <laughs> playlist. Sure. Yeah. Oh, that's. <laughs> pretty gay 
I don't think it's the gayest thing I've ever heard you say, but it's right no, up there. For sure, for sure. No, we'll get there. We'll get okay. there yet. Um, All right. But uh, anyway, I just love this so much. Uh, but I also, like, I wonder, I mean, like, you know, like, who in the group of Liza and Susan Stroman and Fred Ebb, like, who comes and says, hey, let's do this song from Dick Tracy, you know? I feel like... You know, honestly, I can't answer that question. I feel like maybe that was Marvin Laird. Who, yeah. Okay. So for that... people that don't know, Marvin Laird uh, wrote the. He's a composer of the musical Ruthless, and he was right. burned at Peter's uh, musical director Forever. to this day for decades yep. and decades. Yeah. And uh, I didn't know that he had worked on this or worked with Liza at all. Yeah, he was. I'll tell you who the cast of it was: Marvin Laird, Artie Shrek, Michael Abeni, Ralph Burns. Tori Zito, Glenn Rovin, Russ Kassoff, Don Sebesky, Peter Glenn Howard, Rovin. and me. And so Pete, there was Peter ten. Howard, who did all the arrangements for like Hello Dolly and all those classic oh, yeah. musicals, Great right? Da- yeah. All the dance arrangements, like in the second act when they do the big stepping out number and it goes to all the dance. Peter Howard mm. did on every, every bit of dance mm. stuff. Yeah, sure. So yeah, Marvin uh, was like the, the the overseer of all that. Oh, wow. Yeah. Yeah, yeah. And and, and, was, and that's like the only time I worked with him. I mean, I've seen him many times since, but, you know, that was the, the on that show was the main So, thing. I mean, when, when this show, like, after this show, I guess then you guys were on tour. <clears throat> I used the Charles Aznavour thing. But, I mean, at, at, at a certain point, does it is it a slow evolution from the tour dates for this where you have the eight girls and whatever to yeah. the point where you're just on tour with Liza playing gigs or is yeah, it, is well, we a... went, we went back to radio city the next year and did the, did the show one more time. And then that was the end of this show. And gotcha. then, then, mm-hmm. then all of a sudden it's like, we're back to Atlantic city. We're back to, so we're back to the, the, just the Liza show. You know? But for so, for that mm-hmm. was your, then your uh, the, the just Liza show then. Yeah. And I, I, I was, uh, hanging out i wasn't involved on stage it was about another year before i started coming before i started being like her guest star in the yeah show. yeah and then that started we went uh, that started maybe 1993 and ah, okay i had i had my own four-piece band halfway through the show the set would turn around all of a sudden i would be there and i'd do 15 minutes then she'd come out and we'd do a big duet and so yeah i was the guest i was the guest star in the show so, uh, yeah, there was a lot of incarnations uh, of of how I worked with her and in what capacity. Yes, yeah. but but you were already with her when I saw you guys at um, the Cerritos Center for the Performing Arts in that 1995. Was, that's right. I was yes. was I opening was I opening for her then? I don't remember if you opened or if it was in the middle, but I, I definitely think, yeah. remember like my friend and I being like Billy Stritch is the only person we would be happy to watch a guest spot. Uh, from oh, wow. in the middle of Eliza Minnelli show. Wow, thank you. Yes, it was oh. in the middle. And you know how that came about? We were touring in uh, South America. And wow. I had been opening the show. And then all of a sudden, the first two, one or two shows, I went out to open. And, you know, they're not used to that. And so, like, all through my mm. show, it was like, Lisa, Lisa, people. And I'm just, like, sweating. Uh, they're <gasps> like, oh, she's going to come out any time here, but just hang in there with me, guys, because, uh, uh, you know. <gasps> and then we sat down on the dress. I said, I don't. She goes, you know what? We're going to switch this around. I'm yes. going to put you on in the middle. I mean, talk about protecting me. I mean, yeah. it was beautiful. Really yeah. beautiful. Yeah. It's funny the different expectations of audience regarding that issue because I know with like I noticed with the Luann show that a lot of people would show up half an hour 45 minutes oh, yeah. late because yep. they just completely 
that there was going to be an opening act and that they That's wouldn't right. miss any part of her show. It's a and, thankless job to be an opening act. Yeah, so, for sure. Yeah, for absolutely. Yeah. But I mean, yeah. you know, I, I, I being more, you know, when I, you know, Patty or Bernadette, they don't have back so it was right. like it was so strange to me that like an audience just assumes that's going to be but i guess that's more common you know um well and also in the case of luann's crowd they're they got to get to the bar and get all their drinks so. yes yeah they need time <laughs> they, they need time, time. They sure need time. who's in a rush right, <laughs> right. Yeah. uh okay well that back back to liza yes um well okay so then we have Mary i asked which now was that really uh Especially for this, it was absolutely. Was. Uh, yeah, I had never heard this. Yeah, that was written for uh, the show, uh, and it goes. And there was also one before that. I don't know if it's on the. Is who would have dreamed on the album? No, and it goes, it goes no. into co- cottage for sale. Is that on the? No, album? I want to okay. hear her do cottage ah. for sale. Yeah, it was great. It was oh. Oh, well. I, I have a bootleg somewhere. I guess yeah, was I another need all song. That, Billy. It was another song. Fred and Fred and John wrote called "Who Would Have Dreamed." Who would have dreamed? It's like the love affair ending, and then it goes into cottage for sale. Gorgeous. Oh, I love mm. a cottage. Then for she sale does some so people. Much. She does some people. She does Sara Lee. Then she does. Sorry, I asked. Oh, uh, so the was, order is all different. Well, I'm looking at something somebody just sent me, and it might not be right either. But uh, I yeah. think yes, well, I, don't, I think. But the you know, it's different. also at this point in time because there was the the VHS. There was whatever they aired on PBS. There right. was the album. There was the VHS. Right. There was yeah. the laser disc. There was the right. DVD. Now there's what they sell to sh- to download from iTunes, and you know, I'm sure right. it's all a disaster. It's all been mixed up. And, and also, there was... yeah. we got last summer. Didn't we spend? I, Daniel, correct me if I'm wrong, but I think on Fire Island we spent the better part of an afternoon trying to <laughs> yeah. confirm whether or not there were two different video edits of some people from this concert on YouTube. Yes. Yes. There could yeah, be. we did. I, don't know. I just kept being be. like, no, you're not supposed to see the microphone stand there. Well, that's <laughs> certainly like, a good yes. way to spend a day in Fire Island, I have to say. Yes. So it's either that. that or the meat rack, but you right, know, same, exactly. same. Same, same. Because, yeah, this, this, some people from this concert, it's the same dress, same song, you know, same everything, but it's uh, not this recording. It's not the Radio City that video could, that they show at, at like Showtune Sundays and stuff like that. That could very well be true. That absolutely so, be true. Yeah, we were I'm, just like uh, racking our brains. Yeah, Some minutia. Sure. I mean, I've always been so obsessed with this. Some people. I mean, like, yeah. To me, like, yeah. there's this version of some people, and then there's every other Everyone some people is. anyone else ever did, and the, including and Liza. Too, and they're all too slow, except they're for this too one. fucking slow. That's right. <laughs> I mean, it's so hard to go back and listen to. I mean, God love her, Ethel Merman. It's like Ethel some Merman. people. It's, it's a like ballad. Yeah, that's right. It's so weird. You know. Yeah. Well, I both the true of both some people and sorry I asked, which right. I, she does this thing and maybe you can confirm or deny this because she before the song starts she turns her back to the audience and walks upstage, yep. yes, so she yes. can then turn downstage. And mm-hmm. I think on some of these tr- tracks where she does that, I even see her talking, although maybe her mic is turned off or something. Mm-hmm. And someone had told me that Fred Ebb told her that every song has to be a scene and the audience won't know it, but you just start acting it and just, you know, yeah. like, is that what's going like, on? The I, moment I, before. I think that probably is what's going on. She's probably starting the conversation. I love it. With the, with the guy. Yeah. I love it. Yeah. You know, and it's like when she started it, because I, I, I always notice that about some people because I see it out of context so much in gay bars or whatever, you know. And it's and it's some people you really hear it because she starts, 
I don't know if she's saying like, did you, it sounds like she's asking if somebody got something or loaded it up in the car. I don't know what. There's like definitely like some kind of dialogue, but you can't really make it out. So I always laugh at that and make fun of that. So then this, so, so sorry. So sorry. I asked started and I saw her doing that. So I started writing in my notes. Oh, here we go. The classic Liza walk up stage and do an imaginary scene. Yeah. So good. Right. But then the acting in this song shattered me. I was like sitting there being like, ha ha ha, Liza, you're over the top. I can't with you. And then I'm sitting here like getting choked up, you know? And yet she brings it right in. It's right in, you know? And I was reading the reviews of this concert and it's like that it's, you don't expect it because it's the way everybody thinks about Liza, but all the reviews were talking about how subtle and understated and moving her acting is, you know? Yeah, Mm -hmm. that's true. And and it's, it's just, it's funny how she, um, you wouldn't necessarily think a Radio City like spectacular would be the time that you would like, you know, find a place for that. But that's what for subtlety, is. yeah, yeah, absolutely, mm-hmm. yeah. No, you wouldn't. But she absolutely, you know, she knows that they're yeah. going to come to her. She doesn't have to play it big, and certainly it works really well in the video that it's small. Yeah, it sure, really does for sure. Um, and then there was a song after that, by the way, that it's not also in the video, called "Similar Features" by Melissa Etheridge. Mm. Oh. Yeah, it was like the hippest song. Go on and close your eyes. Imagine me there. She's got similar features and something hair. It was like this great <laughs> little bridge the song. And that didn't make the cut for the CD or the, the DVD or anything like that. But that, that was in the show. Okay. Wow. Well, what's then, the deal with Liza with all these country singers like Melissa Etheridge and Katie Lang and what's the and other Roy one? Orb- Roy Orbison. <laughs> Brian. <laughs> I, yeah, and Katie I Lang pull, that- and pulling back the reins. So she used to sing that all the time, that Katie Lang song. Yeah. I love when she sings crying so so much. <laughs> yeah, me too. Me um, too. What's yeah. um oh Winona Judd? That's the other one I always heard about her hanging out with. I don't. I don't remember hanging. Well, she might have. I didn't. We didn't hang out all together. Well, I but, guess uh, if you're Liza, you probably hung out with literally everybody. A lot um, of people. Yeah, for sure. Um, but uh, <laughs> but like so so okay. So that one you mentioned, similar features. I mean, did that have like a Melissa Etheridge kind of like rock country? Yeah, kind of it had a rock it? kind of rock feel to it. And I, I guess God. you know, it just got went went away when they were trying to make the cut for the uh, for the. The video release, I think. You know what? Yeah, it's it's funny away. that thinking about that because I'm my first re- response is like I'm so mad at them for not giving me everything. Right. But that was one complaint that some of the reviews had was that it didn't. It there was something disjointed that the songs right. didn't all necessarily feel like of a piece. Right. And I right. was like, mm-hmm. what the hell are they talking about? This video feels like 100 percent of a piece. But right. maybe it's because. If you cut that and you cut losing my mind, you know, maybe that what's made the difference. I have to say, I think all the cuts are probably really good cuts. Yeah. Honestly, to make it's it interesting. Cohesive. Yeah. Uh-huh. Cause it is extremely cohesive. It seems like a perfect video, you know, yeah. uh, thing. Yep. But yep. there should also be a complete version for the. Some I know, of us but that I think this was, <laughs> this was. I think this was released before people started doing that. You know, yeah, so yeah, yeah. Totally. I mean, so, somewhere it's got to exist. Well, yeah. speaking of which, though, I don't know if I don't. I think I meant to send this to both of you, and I didn't. But after Daniel and I were freaking out about you and uh, Liza doing um, back in business at the Sondheim mm-hmm. Carnegie Hall. Mm-hmm. Uh, Somebody sent me um, an un... I guess it's not unaired because I think it was used in a PBS pledge break, but there is video of you guys doing Water Under the Bridge yeah, that's on uh, the album. 
That's so right. anyway, I, I was about to send it to the two of you, but I guess you've already seen it. It's you, so no, great. No, but you could send it to me. I'd be happy to have it. Uh, yeah, you. no, yeah. I was so thrilled because I didn't. And now I'm like, hmm, what else? And speaking of, I mean, that was a brand new song. And Sondheim yeah. sat, sat with us in the room and coached us for a half an hour on this Incredible. song. Incredible. Wow. Which was really great, I have to say. I, I and, love that song. Yeah, yeah, yeah I, I do too. I do too. And um, anyway, well, so, uh, okay. So then the next thing on the video of a concert is So What from Cabaret. Okay, and sure. I live great. for that. I, I do too. I do too. I mean, just the fact that's so, I would never have thought of that as a Liza kind of a song. Yeah. And she makes it the Liza-ist song that ever Liza. <laughs> it I is, mean. it is. And she you know, the, it's such a great lyric because yes. every, I think in all the verses, Fred does the same thing twice. Like, if I like that you're here and I like that you're here, or if it wasn't, you know, there's these great turns yes. on the same phrase. Yes. Uh, I can't remember them all, but it's like, it, just the inflection changes and the whole meaning changes. Totally. And it's, mm. it's, Talk about writing for a character, but Liza was yeah. able to take that and make that her own character. Yes, she was. I mean, the yeah. joke, uh, uh, when you're as old as I, is anyone as old as I? Right. It's that's like right. when She's Liza says that, it sounds like it's special material written for her. Like, right. I mean, that's so like, God, is anyone as old as I? I mean, right. it's such a Liza joke, but it's not. It it's in the script. You know? It is. That's right. Yep, for sure. I just, I love it. And then that ending, I mean, it's it's a better ending than the song ever had in the show. It's so Oh, great. yeah. It was it, it was never that big in the show. No, I, no. Yeah, yeah. Well. I mean, I think when I, I directed Cabaret in college, which was a couple of years after this concert uh-huh. and i remember having like a really like serious discussion with my musical director trying to convince him that our farline <laughs> schneider needed the liza needed to be like liza <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> right who cares so what he did not agree and i did not win the argument but i, but I tried my darndest sure well you try um but so uh funny. Oh, I'll just talking about how fabulous she looks. I just have to also say, I love uh, not only the fabulous. I don't. Is that white dress the Isaac Mizrahi, the little short? That, white yeah, dress? that little tennis dress. Yes. Oh, so fabulous. Yeah. That's, that's Isaac. It. Yep. It, it's so beautiful. I mean, it's like a little sparkly, but it's also kind of plain. It's just flawless. Simple. Yep. Yeah. But, and I love her jewelry. She has these great, big, fabulous diamond rocks on the ears. Right. Mm-hmm. And then just the most simple, barely tennis. there little necklace with just like one like diamond well, pendant. Little Elsa Peretti bean yeah. or pendant yes, or something yes, like that. Yeah, yeah exactly. Right, exactly. And also I have to say, I was so happy it wasn't a cross. Yeah. I'm like, I want to go well, back to like 1991 where she didn't have like Jesus in every like costume. You know? Except I except I gave her that cross. But other than that, that's <laughs> well, all right. Listen, yeah. If she's going to wear a cross, it's going to be the fabulous that's one. Okay. But I, I, get, I get what you mean. Yeah, absolutely. Yeah, 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 yeah. Sure, sure. Um, you know, but it's I sure I shouldn't let I shouldn't let the um the bad don't guys let, yeah, don't take let Jesus away throw. from Liza. Yeah, it's okay. It's all right. Um, calm calm down, Ben. Calm down. <laughs> <laughs> Seriously. Yeah. Um, oh, well, then back to the love. Sarah Lee. I <laughs> yeah. mean, this is also, I mean, I, this is one of the points where I was just like, God bless Susan Stroman. Yeah. Because, mm-hmm. you know, when you talk about her, like, coming down on the passerelle, um, like, it, it's just the littlest things. I mean, it's also very Liza because it's the kind of stuff she was doing with Fosse, too, where, like, 
the subtle shift from just walking yeah. to yes. strutting to something dancing. that's more choreographed to fully dancing to back to not dancing. You know, it's so gradual and seamless and effortless yeah. and stylish. Yep. And it's yeah. so great in this number because, I mean, it is so showbiz. Oh, that's the two of them. They mm-hmm. work that out. I remember watching them oh. work it out. Yep. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Um, and then the um, oh, and I for, I've forgotten that she did um, there. There is a time that's not what it's called. The Charles uh, Le Tom Le Tom. Uh-huh. I just I mm. love hearing her do that. Um, well, that that opens up the the Asnavor section. Yes. Then, well, so here then, it was only the one song about the deaf lover. Okay. Yeah, well, this love. is what happened. This is what happened in the actual show. Sorry, you missed it. Uh, uh, it was, you know, how she opened with the iris thing, you know, that opened up really big. Yeah. Well, mm-hmm. she 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 went to the Asnavor section. She sang a bit of Laton, and then she introduced Asnavor, and she goes, "How he write makes little movies." She went to stage right, and and just in a square, she sang "Quiet Love." Wow. And then she went to stage left, and in a real tall, like pillar kind of opening. She sang "What Makes a Man a Man." Oh, and then which she did it. We're priests at the palace. Yes, and then and, and everywhere then the, else. And then the third song, she went to stage center and she did "Sailor Boy." And on the last course oh. of that, that's when the iris opened up again. It was hugely effective and stunningly I, visual. So see, it was three. Was it was three Asnavor songs. Yeah, it was three songs. I love. Yeah. I love that Sailor Boy. Daniel, do you know Sailor Boy? No, you will love I don't it. Think it's, so. it's, yeah. it's, it's so great. Um, yeah. But uh, but this one I love. And at some points, like, I was about to be like, uh, I was like, this, this, what is it called? Quiet Love. I was like, is this yeah. song, like, too on the nose for me? And then I just kept being like, just be glad it's not Barbara Streisand hitting you over the head with this lyric, you know? <laughs> right, <laughs> right, right, right. Yeah, it's tricky. But, I mean, she does act it very, very well. Yes. You know, it's got the I, element yeah, of the, the sign language. Sign language. Yeah. 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 Which, but mm-hmm. I was like, bitch learned all that freaking sign language for this song. She absolutely you know? did. She absolutely did. Yeah, incredible. Very impressive. Um, and then the transition to the next song where she uh, says, "Okay, Pap, hit yeah. it." Yeah, <laughs> I let out a screech. And what is the next song? If remind me, uh, right into people. some people. Oh yeah, right. The greatest. Right. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Okay, sure. Bam, 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 bam. Oh yeah, the greatest. I mean, that like brass just like does it for me every time. Every time. Yeah, me too. Me too. That, and the little choreographic gesture of just the some humdrum people where she flicks oh, yeah. the hands. I mean... Yes, and now knowing your intel about him watching her, it oh, makes yeah. so much sense because it's just, it's so tight mm, and it's just mm-hmm. right with her every time. Absolutely, absolutely. And, and listen to the way he plays drums. Everything's double time and on, yeah. uh, on t- all the cymbals and everything. It's like that, just, just the way he drives that band, it's like a uh, textbook. Brilliant. Billy, what's that like when you're working with an artist and you guys have been together for all these years and even longer than you've been with her, Bill Lavornia has been her drummer. And right. then he dies. Right. And you guys are back in rehearsal for the next gig. Right. It, that's a pretty steep learning curve, right? Like, how do you get, how do you, how do you fill that hole? Uh, well, luckily, I mean, to fill that spot, we, we got, uh, Mike Berkowitz who had known Pappy and had, uh, you know, mm. totally knew how to cop his style. Mm-hmm. I mean, he really absolutely knew how to play in that style. So there wasn't, Liza didn't have to listen to too much in a different kind of way. I mean, so that was pretty mm. seamless. Uh, 
Mm-hmm. And then I feel like the next big show that we created from the ground up was the Palace show. So the Manelli on Manelli. Uh no, Bill Lavorgna was playing the Manelli on Manelli. That was oh 99. right. I'm so sorry. Yeah, 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 yeah. Yeah, that was still Bill Lavorgna. Uh, so Bill Lavorgna was playing. Uh, he mm-hmm. played the Manelli on Manelli. But by the time we did the Palace show in 2008, mm-hmm. it was Mike Berkowitz and still the 12 piece band. Uh, but that we created, and you know everybody knew the style. Uh, mm-hmm. We still had Fred Ebb. We still had Don Sebesky. We still had uh, a lot of the people who had done the prior yeah. shows. Yeah. And we had Liza Delitas, you know, yeah. and she knew what she wanted to hear. And if she would hear an orchestration that wasn't quite right, she would say, change this, change, you know, in a great way. But uh, she was very discerning and is very discerning. It wasn't like a lot of singers like, oh, do me a chart. Okay, here's the chart. Right. You know, she knows what she wants to hear. I mean, um, that's what I've heard about Liza. I'm trying to remember what the context was, but I think I've heard several different stories from several different people that mm-hmm. like, she just has such an impeccable sense of taste and almost like a, almost like an unfailing barometer of like, certainly what she wants, but pretty much just what is the best choice. She absolutely mm. does. She absolutely mm. does. And she also has the great taste and the, the, the lack of ego to surround mm. herself with really, mm. really good people yeah. to, to do the, do the jobs. You know, she she doesn't have any kind of ego about like that, letting someone else shine or or do so. I mean, she's smart that way, really smart. Yeah, I yeah. learned a lot from her in mm-hmm. regards to that for sure. Also, I have another yeah. question in terms of like the palace shows. Like when you're on tour and you're playing the Atlantic City gigs or you know whatever, and then mm-hmm. you've got a big thing coming up like Manelli on Manelli or Liza's at the Palace, where you're going to be for example, in those cases on a Broadway house, but, you know, for right. kind of a sit-down run. And um, does that, do you then have, I mean, you don't have like a Broadway rehearsal process of like four weeks, but do you have extra <clears throat> time to work in a sort of concerted way than you normally well, would? Well, uh, for the Manelli on Manelli show, which was yeah. 99, yeah. Uh, we did rehearse in a rehearsal hall for uh, uh, three or four weeks, pretty wow. much together. And it was for yeah. five guys and Marvin Hamlish did a lot of the arrangements with me mm-hmm. and Fred was there. So that was created, uh, you know, just like a Broadway show. Uh, mm-hmm. And then we did it on Broadway. Now for Manelli on Manelli, we toured that show for a couple of years before we brought it in. For so, Liza's at the Palace. I mean, Liza's at the Palace. Yeah. yeah. We, we toured around with that. We had done that. Mm-hmm. We polished it, you know, uh, went all around the world with it. And then... It was like let's do it in and like York. so like you had like um uh like uh, Jim and Tiger and and Cortez and um, yeah yeah out, like on the road prior to Broadway with that oh yeah all of us were on the road everybody was wow, on the road wow. and I think that came about because I'd have to look at the what played at the palace but all of a sudden there was like this opening at the palace something closed and something huh. wasn't going to open until the next early the next year mm. so. All of a sudden, it was like, we can grab this time slot. Do we want to grab it? Can we do it? And yes, let's do it. Let's get back on Broadway. So uh, it was a limited mm-hmm. run. It was scheduled to be four, three weeks, and we got held over for two more. So it was five weeks total. So, mm-hmm. And oh, then we yeah. had to get out of there because I think the next yeah. show was coming in. Yeah. So. Well, it was magical. Yeah, it was um, great. Mm. Uh, all right, so then uh, we're almost done with Act One. Um, <laughs> <laughs> right. Oh my God. Okay. Good. Uh-huh. Uh, so we have, as we discussed, seeing things. Speaking yeah. of magical, yes. Yeah. Um, yeah. 
And, and she says uh, that great quote, I got my dreams from my mother, but I got, no, I'm sorry, I got my drive from my mother, but I got my dreams, dreams from, from my life. father. That's correct. Which I thought was so uh, powerful. Totally. Sure, sure. It's funny, when I was a kid watching this, I didn't appreciate um, how incredible it is for Liza Minnelli to say that she was visiting the um, Radio City archives. Yeah, and, I know. And found out that her father had, you know, designed and then produced and directed all these shows that she didn't know about. Right, Because right. when Liza says something like that, you're just kind of like, well, you know, Vincent Minnelli. But, like, just to, I really, watching it this time, I was like, can you imagine, like, like, being at like an archive and like learning that your dad like, produced and directed these shows, you know, and, and designed them and designed <laughs> yeah. the show. Yeah. I mean, and that was back when they were doing a different show every week. Yeah. And you look yeah. at these things, wow. it was like, uh, I mean, it was like 1933 to like 35 or seven or something like that. It was yeah. just uh, this incredible productive time. Uh, the hall was new. It was a new venue. And, you know, they had these enormous shows that changed all the time. And if you go back and look at it, you could see in that film, that montage, there's a lot of the pictures from the designs. It's mind blowing mm-hmm. what he was mm-hmm. able to accomplish. And then he went to Chicago and then he went to uh, Hollywood, you know, so yeah. that was, yeah. Uh, yeah. you know, he was on his way at that point, but he started as a designer. Yeah. Well, I mean, it's no, when you talk about Liza having that amazing instinct and, you know, tastes and everything, I mean, it's yep. with that kind of, well, I mean, obviously Judy, but you know Vincent, you know, be is, oh that eye, yeah, she got know, that eye for from him, yeah, for yeah, sure, yeah. Well, and I think, and then you know, he went on to create some of the most beautiful films we've ever mm. seen, and yep. uh, I think it, I was recently watching something about Alfred Hitchcock, who was also pre-directing. He was a graphic designer, I believe. Mm in like the Swiss kind of tradition. And wow. so it's very interesting to see these drawings of Vincent Minnelli and see his, uh, the taste level and the point of, in the, the, the use of color uh, yeah. and, and the balance and the layout and everything that he would have come to use in his films. Right. Right. Absolutely. I mean, just a genius uh, all mm-hmm. the way around, you know, eccentric and, and, and probably, and everybody said he was kind of like, uh, head in the clouds, kind of. Oh my god! But boy, when he was designing something, he was right on it, you know. So mm-hmm. now, was he uh, was he gone already? When yeah, you... yeah. Okay. I never met him. Yeah, mm-hmm. I think he died in like eighty seven or eight, and ah, I met okay. Liza in ninety one. So. Gotcha. Mm-hmm. Um, and uh, all right, so well, okay, so we open the second act as you mentioned. Now, after having just this, you know, psych hmm. that was lit with just Liza in front of it, now it's this fabulous elaborate set speaking of design i mean yeah it looks like my you know fantasy of what the it's like what a nightclub looks like in an old hollywood like a like busby berkeley number or something. that's yeah, right yeah. because literally it is the tower on that thing it's literally 40 or 50 feet high <laughs> yes. so it's like, it is yeah. like a movie set. It, it's so yeah. glorious i mean it's just it, and then later when all those ladies come on, it's almost like yeah. uh, like Ziegfeld or something. Totally. Yeah. But you Absolutely. have to love, I mean, in such trip credit to Liza and or Fred and Susan, you know, but the fact that they come on and that they look like all different kinds of real women. You know? I know. Well, that was all mm-hmm. Liza's idea. She said, you know, it's brilliant. She said, I don't want to do men because everybody does. It's lady and Margaret does with men. Yeah. I've done with men. It cheated. Everybody does. Here are my guys. She goes, yeah. first of all, I want to do women. Mm. But I want to do real women, 
I want to mm-hmm. do like I want an old lady, an older lady. I want a heavy set lady. I mm-hmm. want every body type you could think of. And I thought that, and everybody was like, "What?" You know. And then it was kind of genius because it, it looks so authentic. They all yeah. get up. There's every possible type. It was from sixteen yeah. to sixty five. You know. And, and not a lot of glamour. There was a few really pretty girls, but it was just a lot of different types. It was really yeah. ahead of its time. I mean, I think it's part it of was. why the concert, yeah. it's why it's aged so well. Because, yep. I mean, especially at this exact moment in time, you yep. know, so many things that we watch, you feel a little bit like uncomfortable watching them now, you know? That's right. Yeah, that, and, that's right. They don't age so well. Yeah. And this is not the case at all. I mean, it no, could yeah. be yesterday, Very you know? Yeah, and, absolutely. Um, and, yep. and and not only do they look different, but they're, they're, you know, they're, they're not people that are just like backup people. I mean, to no, talk they're not, about, core, they're not like court. They're all no. stars. They're I not mean, like Terry White girls. and Ruth Gottschall are some of the most yeah. dynamic, fabulous, like, you know, oh, Broadway sure. belters and performers. And then you, and you, have, you have Mamie Duncan Gibbs who can yes. like kick, kick up yes. to the ceiling. And, mm-hmm. and then you've got Dottie Stanley and I mean, yes, all these yes, people who, yes. But everybody's like a star, a type. Yeah. They're a leading person. Yeah. They're not yeah. like they all a chorus have their, girl. Yeah, they all have their own little character. Also, who you see throughout the that's second right. act. That's correct. Absolutely. That's, yeah. That's another thing that's so special about Liza. I really can't think of anybody else, not even Cheetah, in this respect. That is that Liza has a way of becoming part of the ensemble and yet still being the star and anchoring mm. like she's really able to like slip in and in be, and out of it and let yeah. and let the other person shine that's yeah. what i said about that the ego it's yeah. like she's happy to stand back and let terry white sing totally. stand back and let and just look at her and admire her, you know yes and, and judy had that too by the way you know mm. you see that on her tv show yes with it's the like, guest mm, stars yeah very happy to let the guest stars do what they do so well but liza no, no can company. even do it like dancing in a line i mean yeah, it's she like can. it's she it's can. really amazing how she she can be part of that and and, and it, it's it, it's the choreography in this is so fantastic i mean when they're all dancing oh, and and, yeah. and you know liza's in the kick line and then liza goes around and walks down the side and it's all in counterpoint to what they're <laughs> doing and yeah. the traffic patterns i mean it's just so <laughs> you always know where to look and yeah. it, it's just so flawlessly executed well that's susan stroman of course yeah. genius yeah it's a great, mm-hmm. it's a great marriage. So they yep. do this, well, they do the hilarious bit we talked about where they interrupt uh, Liza yep. and come up on stage and yep. um, one at a time. And then they have this crazy men medley yes. where they sing yes. literally everything in the world. Everything. Yes. Right. And, I, I mean, Liza even gives us a little bet and a little Barbara with um, yes. the glory enough of love and enough is enough. Yeah. And then yes. my man. Yes, that's yeah. right. And my man. And yes, great, great, great. So I did part of that, but a lot of that was, I mean, I think there were three or four of us that laid that out for her. That, well, it's that, so that many like, songs. I mean, yes, you would so need like, I, I, Yeah. I stopped listing them because I was like, yeah. okay. There's it's like 20, 20 songs or something crazy. Mm-hmm. Like yes. That. Yeah, for sure. I, just I, like it, note- I like it. I like it when Terry White sings, my man's oh. gone now. And Liza says, it's a pity you can't sing Terry. Totally. You know, like, <laughs> yeah. I remembered yeah. that from 20 years ago. When yep. Terry started singing, I was said it out loud. It's a pity you can't sing Terry. Yeah, that's right. Exactly. <laughs> um, yeah. I mean, but you know, this video, when I moved to New York and I would see Terry sing at Rose's turn, that was right. This- I yeah. was like, oh, she's a star to me from, from Liza. Right, you know? right, exactly. Mm. Sure, and, I love that. Um, I mean, that was another great piano bar that we lost is Rose's yep. turn. She was yep. so fabulous down there. Um, 
But uh, anyway, it's so. Uh, and by the way, Terry dances her face off of this number, which is great. She to watch. really does. Absolutely, she really does. Yep, they all um, do. Oh, and then the other. Th- well, I guess I was sad. I was thinking that I w- wanted to hear her sing "Rogers and Hart" when you mentioned uh, "Cottage for Sale." But uh-huh. um, but I actually forgot. Then here, when they're singing "Bewitch," she sings "It Never Entered My Mind." That yes. was me. Okay, that was me. I put those two on top of each other. Yes, yes. so brilliant. Yeah. Thank you, thank you. It's so beautiful. It's one of the most beautiful things I've ever heard Liza sound. You know, I know um, she sings really in her nice head voice. Yeah, oh, I love that. what I lack myself. Yeah, That's great. Yep, yep. Mm-hmm. And, and it's just so well mixed the balance between them on the other song, and and it's so genius too because Bewitched is such such a familiar song right. that your yeah. brain your brain can afford to have it on the back burner because your brain knows what the song is. So you can give your attention more to Liza, but you can't ignore Bewitched. It's just like, it really fuses such a yin and yang. Oh, good. Yeah. That's a great, yeah. I loved it. And then after you get through with that, it goes into someday he'll come along. Uh, Liza standard. And that's that's such a satisfying ending to that whole medley. The way that it really is. There's something about her just going into that song that's so satisfying. Just plant her two feet in the middle of the stage and just belting at it. Yep. For sure. Especially because I was watching this and I was thinking, oh, you know, like she's in such great form in this whole concert. But I was like, but, you know, maybe you can hear a little bit of the beginning of her vocal decline. There's like a hoarseness or a huskiness. And she sings uh-huh. some of the notes. A little husky, are, yeah. The notes are shorter. But then she got to the man I love and I just like crumbled up my notes. It's like she fooled you, didn't she? <laughs> yeah, she made, she, you, did. she made you think she wasn't going to have it. And then totally. all of a sudden it's like, oh, God, here we go. Yep. Seth Rudetsky always talks about that thing on the album, the ca- original Cats album of Chicago, where at the end of all that jazz, Cheetah's like, and all <coughs> that. <laughs> and then she's like, jazz! Yeah, and, like, right. screams it out. Like, and he's like, it's a D. She's belting a D. Yeah, that's right. It's like, as long as you give him a great last note, that's, yeah. the, that's the point. Yeah. Oh, my God. Mm-hmm. Uh, well, then this, fa- I forgot all about this incredible tribute to Fosse. Yeah. Um, yeah. And they're, yes. I, they're in the total Fosse uh, costumes with the black with sequin the gloves like, and the yeah, gloves like, that's right. the, like the Robin Hood the outfit. The hat, and, except I think I think it was cowboy like cowboy hat, like yeah. not cowboy, but they weren't they weren't it wasn't derbies, but it was hats. Yeah, yeah. Sure. It's yeah. what are those called? Little they're boots. like there are cowboy hats, but they're like the other kind of cowboy hats. Yeah, smaller. They're not they're not yeah. they're not like Western hats, but yeah, yeah. It's it's not a ten gallon hat. It's just not a cowboy all. hat. Yeah, yeah. And um, they, yep. But uh, but uh, but what were these songs? A long way to it temporary. Was pack, pack up your troubles in your own kit bag, and then it went to it's a long way to Tipperary, and then it yes. ended with uh, Imagine with the John Lennon Imagine. Yes. Yeah, and that I remembered. And it was so a whole pretty. metaphor for women sending their husbands off to war. That was yes. the whole whole Liza's whole thing behind it. Was oh uh, well, this yes. was was this during the Iraq War? Well, that was no. I think this was the Iraq War was after that. This was, uh, wasn't that 95 or something like that? No, no. I thought, if anything, it might have been earlier. You know what? I'm so bad. Cut this I, part out, please. Yeah. Uh, uh, <laughs> uh, doing I history. mean, in your defense, we had another Iraq war that was much bigger. Right, yeah. right. What was that it one called? Desert, Desert Storm, yeah. right? Desert Storm. That was, that, that was later than 91, for sure, I think. Let me look Who it knows? up. Uh, look it up later. Uh, but <laughs> but this was it was supposed to be women sending their husbands. Yeah, yeah. No, the, this was right after that. Okay, that was yeah, February ninety one. That ended. Oh, that yeah. makes sense. Okay, well yeah. then, 
than it was very Just, timely. Yeah, yeah. Pack up your troubles in your old knit bag is like a like a marching song oh, from like yes, World War course. One. World War One, World War One, and a long way to Tipperary. That's World War One too. Okay, now yeah. I get it. Yeah. Um, and then it goes into this anthem for peace. Yes, and there's no heaven. Which this That's or, uh, so no, uh, did you arrange all these vocals, Billy? I did. Mar- Marvin Laird did the uh, or- orchestral arrangement, and then I set the vocals to it. Yes. I mean, this is my this was my favorite number of of the night. Um, and those those harmonies that are mm. kind of dissonant, and then yeah. they resolve into mm-hmm. these like really pure. Uh, just lovely, delicious tones. I mean, it like brought tears to my eyes because it reminded me of like, you know, singing in high school choir because it had like such a choral sound to it. Yeah, right. it was just so moving. Thank you, thank you. Yeah, oh, really I love good. it so much. Plus, I love that song. Yeah, me too. It's but it's so that arrangement is so uh, like rich and like. Well, he Marvin, I have to say, did this gorgeous treatment of it, and then it really did inform what I should put vocally on top of it i have to say i mean that inspired me a lot what he did but you know you don't you don't sit there and think like oh she's singing the beatles now no you just that's go the with thing. her you know because she said yeah. you know i want to do imagine but i don't, I don't want to do that yeah because yeah. we got to find another way to and they really created a whole different way of, of, love of it. hearing it yep love it yep. i love um, it so much and like you were saying earlier ben it's not you know if if someone else would have would have done this song it might not have it might have seemed a little like heavy handed, but Liza right. does it. Oh, it's yeah, I mean, so if you imagine Barbara perfect. Streisand doing exactly. Imagine with a chorus of Not the same. girls, I Not mean, it would same. be yeah. so offensive. It'd be pre- it would be preachy and <laughs> over the top. Exactly. Yep. exactly. Preachy, yeah. I mean, the way Liza does it, it's just so like, I'm just like, yes, yes, tell me, tell me it's going to be okay. Like, That's I right. will imagine with you. Yep, I agree. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. There's, well, a then innocent, we... there's a great innocence about mm-hmm. her, you know, innocence, that, yes. that uh, yeah, she doesn't pretend to know everything. I would strike sense different, you know, it's like, yeah. I'm going to yeah. tell you how, how things totally. are. You yes. know? And I'm gonna that write is an a very good it. way to explain it. That really has okay. a lot to do with it. It is yeah. like Barbara wants to teach you and Liza wants to, Liza literally says, teach me. Tonight. Teach me. That's right. I mean, yes. she yes. sings, you know, let me learn. One of her big openings was, I can see it. I love that know, one. Let, me, let learn. me learn. Yeah. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Mm. Yeah, I can see clearly. Oh, so good. That's right. Um, well, then she does, speaking of, that was the opening of, um, or the, that was the second act opening of the 87 Carnegie Hall. Right. And then we get another song from that album here, which is the medley or, the, you know, the pairing of Here I'll Stay and Our Love is Here to Stay. I know. So good. It's so, and it's great. what you've kind of been wanting from Liza. You know, here she just stands still and belts, you know, and, and it's really the first yes. time she's yes. done that. Sing something yes. we know that's so beautiful. Yep. And you know, and, and, she, she, and just all voice just pours out. Yep. Yeah, and you get flashes of Judy whenever she belts like this. Yes. The way she opens her mouth and her yeah. lip kind of quivers like Judy's used to. Yeah. And she does that catch that here I'll st-, that kind of thing with her yep. voice that Judy did too. And yeah. The attack, yeah. On, the attack over the top of the note is like very yep. uh, dramatic. Yeah. It's great. Mm-hmm. Yes, uh, Daniel, you were mentioning that last week when we were talking about some people. Also, you were saying that about um, when she does the like. Um, oh yeah. Uh, to blueberry pie. Yeah. Oh yeah. Yeah. Right. Yeah. Yeah. Totally. Yeah. Belting I mean, it's, is just, incredible it's just the placement is great. Absolutely. Yeah. She knows how to really go for it. <laughs> yeah. yeah. Well, then we get a little tease of no business, like show business, and then we get into the act. Well, she actually in this, I don't know if you remember, I guess, but for the video, Billy, that instead of doing um, 
uh, all by myself. She had done like at that point the stepping out song, but just a little bit before she got into That's right. I think that changed. Yeah, absolutely. Yeah. Why um, am I alone? Oh, that's right. Why am I alone tonight? And that's when Monica jumps up. So you don't have to be yeah. alone. You don't have to be alone. Yeah. Okay. Thank you. Mm. Yep. But, uh, but so now she sings the full song and the girls come in behind her and it's great. It's a big dance, um, right? Yeah. Yeah. And we love that song. Um, I mean, that's another casualty of that movie, not having a bigger life is that people don't know this terrific song. People don't song. know the song because the song is great and the movie's great. I encourage everybody to try to find this film if you can Daniel, have you seen it? it? No, but I did I did see it's on Amazon. Oh, I we're think, watching last, so we're such watching a charming it. movie. So yeah. sweet. Yep. The most amazing cast. Fantastic. Yeah. Yep. And um uh so we have that and I guess then it's New York, New York. Then it's New York, New York, which has not the one ending, not I think it's got the triple ending at the yes, end. Now, the key change, key change, and then all of a sudden she comes out. Yes. The waters part again. There's another iris. And it's all these flashing strobe lights and the orchestra's way up high and the girls are kicking behind her. Right? Yes, exactly. This one is even more epic because it starts with a throwaway of a little bit of the first. So it starts with My Little Town Blues. My Little Town Blues. I mean, just note for note, this is your best bang for your buck, New York, New York. (laughs) Yeah, she goes, come on, come through, New York, New York, no key. And that's when you hear the bump. Then we do the whole song and then another big ending. And then the girls appear. Oh, it's fantastic. It is the ultimate. It is the ultimate. I mean, it spoiled me. I was saying to Daniel, I can't when I like, I love that New Orleans concert. I love that New York medley. But when she sings New York, New York with only, you know, two endings instead of three, I feel like I I got chipped. Yeah, right. Well, this is the ultimate ultimate version. Was of this that the song. first time that the extra ending was added? I imagine it was. Yeah, sure. Mm. sure. I mean, mm. it, it is the end all be all. I think totally. it is. Yeah. Yeah. And then it ends. Then she, this is one. And then the girls take the bow. And yeah. then she, you see the shot of her slipping off the one thing and wearing the cute little thing underneath that. And then putting on that great yeah. robe, that great sequined robe to come out and take her bow in. I love yeah. that. So, Such a star thing, right? Yeah. So, so starry. Absolutely. Yeah. Orange. Orange, I think, with the yes, black and the sash. white And the white, um, the white terry cloth towel for her hair. Oh, yeah. To wipe the hair. I love that yeah. Liza's hair gets completely drenched i mean I it's like it's like she stuck her head in a bucket of water it's like every night so every night wet. yeah that, that's where she she sweats from her scalp every night but you it. know that liza just worked for you yeah yeah she oh, absolutely. sure did absolutely yeah, there'll and be lots amazing... of nights where she just peel off the eyelashes too you know at the oh, end of the night because her whole face was you know so <laughs> she, by the end of the show it's like all bets are off mm. Mm. Yeah, and that star curtain call, like you're saying, when they oh, yeah. when they bring out that, uh, you said it was a it was a robe, like a terry I think cloth it's robe. A, no, well she no no she, I was towel. She does oh, a oh, towel oh. thing, and the girls all take their bow over voiceover. You hear Lisa go, yes, Sherry right. Dundish, Roxanne Dundish, yes, Terry, yes. yeah, yeah, and yeah. they each take a little bow, and then she comes down center. But there's a little shot of her slipping on this yes, robe. Yes, I yes. Think. and she has that oh, like, and it's yeah, just just. To the floor, gold sequined, I think. Yeah. Robe that she just kind of throws on and takes this very glamorous. It's like, that's a star. Yeah. That's yeah, it's a, a star, star curtain call. Yeah. It uh, absolutely, yeah. Can't, and can't then she walks that. up. 
Oh, and walks then she upstage. walks up stage and the whole thing closes in on her. Yeah. Oh, yeah. It's yeah. So magical. Just it's the so way magical. it started. It ends the way it started. Yeah. Oh, what a night in the theater that was. So tell us like all your years, like doing like these like big gigs with Liza, like yeah. what can compare with this sort of event feeling of Radio City? Yeah. Uh, well, I mean, the other events clearly, I mean, that, I, I mean, there's that, there's those big other two Broadway shows that we mentioned. There was yeah. the Asnavore show that I, we mentioned yeah. playing at the Royal Albert Hall with Liza mm-hmm. was fantastic. Uh, we went, we went to Tokyo mm-hmm. and that's, that's on YouTube too. I'm, I'm yes. on the show. Yes. Uh, that was an incredible time. Um, and I mean, there's not a lot to, com- I mean, those nights are just I mean, at Radio City. During like the um, David Hollywood Bowl period too, right? Like I, I was kind back. of out. I was kind of out. I, I didn't do Liza's back. Oh, okay. uh, but then right after that, there was a show she did at three nights, three shows at Town Hall. Yes, Liza's, Liza's Christmas at Town Hall. Right. And so I was brought back in to do that uh, gotcha. because she just all of a sudden with David Guest, he was insisting on all different musicians and. Nobody yeah. that she knew, and finally she—I yeah. think she laid down the law with him and said, "Look, if, yeah. if you want me to do this show, I got to have some of my guys yeah. back." Yeah. So right. I came back for that, and then after not long after that, he was out of the picture. So yeah, sure. Like, yeah. <laughs> yeah, that was horrible. You know, I, you, I always hear people that know Liza and fans of hers talk so derisively about him. Yeah. Um, but as I mean, I always did feel though, like regardless of everything else that could be said, you know. That he, that been as for me as a fan who had zero connection to her, it was very right. exciting to see her com- just back hugely in the spotlight after being almost kind of written off when she'd been ill the year before and all that. Right, right, to, right. Now there was so much publicity and and she mm. looked so great and all these you know um, just huge stars and talk shows and attention and it just well, seemed like it true. lit this fire you know I guess, I guess it did i mean it was hard hard to be objective because yeah you know, being so close to it but mm. you're right she was definitely a lot of the news and certainly that wedding was like the wedding to end all weddings yeah and, uh, right uh you know it just didn't i just remember uh sitting down with her at lunch like four days before and she was getting cold feet and I was like, Liza, oh. you don't have to go through with this. And she was like, well, I mean, everybody's kind of, you know, it's, it's all set. Uh, she, you know, and she went yeah. through with it. And I, but I just know that she, you know, even that the day I saw her get married, I thought, oh, well, here we go. So uh, I think he was a bit of an opportunist. I think that's an yeah. understatement. But yeah. but yeah, I mean, it did get her back in the spotlight, you know, yeah. got, certainly got a lot of national interest in her again. Yeah. You know, I, I mean, mean a lot of things that thing. came right after that in terms of like um, Liza with a Z with Craig and Neil being re-released and all that, like True. that all felt like it sort of came on the wave of all the attention she had at that moment. I guess. Yeah. Uh, although that was that particular thing was something that had been in the works for a long time. But oh, uh, sure. Yeah. Yeah. You know, I think. But regardless, I think there probably were a lot, a lot of interest, you know, the, yeah. that came out of that. Yeah. Uh, well, arrested of, development, and then of course well, that's your true. appearance with her in the Sex and Sex in the City too, doing yeah. single ladies. Yeah, single ladies, all the single. Yeah, that's right. Uh, that just that, came up on my family Zoom last night because we were oh. talking about. I don't know. Have you guys seen? Um, Mandy Patinkin has been posting these videos of 
him and his wife, their son. Flossing, doing the flossing thing and all that stuff. Yeah, right? well, then their kid quizzes them on, on like, like pop culture stuff and they fail oh. every test. Oh. Like, you know, do you know what um, LMAO means? Do you know what this is? You know, and they never Got know. It. So right. on my family Zoom, my brother was quizzing my parents and they didn't know anything. So my brother says, um, do you know uh, what song? Can you fill in the blank? If you if you like it, then you should have put a blank on it. <laughs> and my parents were totally n- not knowing. And then uh, my 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 uh, my sister was like, "Come on, Liza Minnelli sang this in the Sex and the City sequel. You guys should really know this song." <laughs> wow, how funny! <laughs> but I was like, "That's so funny." I'm gonna talk to Billy tomorrow. That's great. Yep, there you go. Well, you guys, I think we covered it, right? We, we got through the whole oh, thing, Billy. My God, uh, I mean it. This it, was so fabulous. We have to Thank have you, you back when we after the pandemic is over and we go back yeah. to our regular podcast. We have yeah. to have you come on and we have to get rest of our um, journey of you know your career and oh, also God. what okay. we're going to want. The thing of what we normally do is talk to people about an album that inspired them that they were obsessed with, and you of all people would be, it would be so fascinating to have that conversation. Well, with. thanks. I look forward to that. We'll do it. But uh, sure. but this was a huge treat. You were so wonderful. Yes, Billy, and this was so wonderful. We, just what just what I needed. Good. Yeah, absolutely. Good. Perfect we'll, for me we'll, too. We, we hope that all of our listeners will be will be not oh. just watching uh, Liza at Radio City, but all the Liza and Billy work that's available, and then all Billy's albums yes. and Billy's stuff. And all also, on its own. can I? Can I just say real quick? Yeah. Watch watch me on Thursday nights because I'm doing this live stream on my yes. Facebook yes. page. It's called Billy's Place. It's right here from my living room. Fantastic. I've done four. I'm having the best time. It's Thursday nights at eight. So that's We're the only thing share I have to plug. Too. We're going to yeah. share it Yeah, yeah, yeah. Okay, great. Perfect. That's wonderful. Oh, Billy, thank you so much. You're wonderful. And thanks, guys. Uh, we'll, uh, we'll you're see so you at Billy's Place. Thanks, I love you, Billy. Ben. I love you, Daniel. You. Take, take love care. You. All right. <laughs> you too. Bye-bye. Bye. Thanks for listening to Ben Rimmelauer's Broken Records on Broadway World. For more episodes, visit Broadway World, iTunes, Stitcher, or wherever podcasts do be. (laughs) And be sure to check out our new twice-weekly live stream video chat, Tuesday, Thursday, April, August. Available on the Broadway World Facebook page and the Broadway Podcast Network YouTube channel, Tuesdays and Thursdays at 10.30 a.m. This episode was edited by me, Daniel Nolan. Thanks to Emmy-winning composer and lyricist Lance Horn for the Broken Records theme song. Follow us both, Ben Remmelauer and Daniel Nolan, on all y'all's socials. That's Ben Remmelauer. B-E-N-R-I-M-A-L-O-W-E-R. And that's Nolan with an E, not Nolan with an A. Because Nolan with an A is an ass. Have you ever wondered how your favorite performer actually feels? Well, here's your chance. Welcome to The Quiet Part Out Loud with me, Bobby Steggert, Broadway actor and now a therapist to a whole host of Broadway creatives. Part interview, part therapy, this is not your typical podcast. We'll go right to the heart of things with some of your favorite artists, what they still struggle with, what lessons they've learned, what they haven't figured out yet. There's enormous power in saying the quiet part out loud. Are you listening? Hey, it's Leslie Odom Jr. here on the Broadway Podcast Network to tell you about the RISE Theatre Directory, a program of maestro music. RISE is a national online resource designed to connect and empower backstage and administrative and creative theatre professionals from underrepresented backgrounds. If you work 
or aspire to work in the theater community, this can help you find your next project. And if you hire theater professionals, search the Rise Theater directory to find your next team. Create your profile now and get more information by visiting risetheater.org. That's theater with an R-E-R-I-S-E-T-H-E-A-T-R-E dot org because only together we rise. 